I want to say thank you to all of my Patreon supporters who help support the channel. Also, I want to say thank you to my Twitch subscribers. Help the channel out by donating or go to Patreon.com. Thank you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, remember guys, we did a video recently about this idiot right here. And quite fra- quite frankly, I'm just using them as a fucking stepping stone for the uh, type of shit that I want to talk about. I made a video on YouTube. And um, here, this is, this is the dumb shit that he actually said recently. Where somebody actually had to, he actually had to come back. And um, give a shorter than the motherfucking 15 minutes that he did. We was caping for motherfucking um, Candace Owens. The catch. I made a video on YouTube trying to answer this question. How do you? How do I know if I should listen to um, like Martin Luther King or Candace Owens on Black Issues? And while the answer to my question on YouTube was much longer than what I'm about to present here, the ideas are generally the same. If you remember when you're in school, you learned about the five W's, who, what, where, when, and why. When you're trying to contextualize people's existence and trying to contextualize why. It's not about contextualizing people's existence, you dumb fuck. Who do you listen to that has a better outlook, outlook on the support of a specific community? If you have two people that are just on the surface look like they are about that community are they a part of that community who do you look to the person that's looking to help that community why they're talking and about not some- the person who's denigrating it something you can use the same technique as well the line of questioning that you are wanting to go through is what is the topic who is talking where are they when are they and why are they talking about this Gener- Again, I still feel like you putting getting defense for Candace Owens. Candace Owens is the Thomas Stowell of our generation. And Thomas Stowell hated civil rights. Why are you still saying it depends on what part of the generation they are, what part of the spatial time frame they are? This is stupid. Generally speaking, you want to go down that line point for point in that order, but you can really do it in an order that you feel comfortable with. The goal is that you're not looking to create a hierarchy between these two individuals. In the example of this video, you're not looking to find out if Candace Owens or Martin Luther King is the more noteworthy person to be listening to about a topic. Yes, you are. That's the question. Who do you listen to on Black Issues? Martin Luther King, whose words still ring poignant today, or Candace Owens. What you're trying to do is contextualize their existence and sort of figure out the why they're talking about this and the why exists with all the other things before that. So the only way you can get to the why is if you really understand the what, who, where, and when. 
I made a video on YouTube so trying to answer this question. And this is the reason why I bring this shit up. Because recently, um, I did the video about him, but somebody in our Discord actually dropped this article. And we're just gonna I'm gonna take the time to go over it, okay? So what does identitarian um deference require? Freddie's going after the identitarians again. At the root of his complaint here is that uh, is that slipperiness of the identitarian defense. Roughly, identitarian defense is the idea that privileged individuals should defer to the opinions and views of oppressed individuals, especially on topics relevant to those individuals' oppression. It sounds straightforward, but it becomes exceedingly complicated in practice. Here are some of the issues. In other words, when you say that, oh, you should listen to this underprivileged group, because and you elect a representative, you literally are using that person's identity as a way of saying, of trying to hear what you want to hear. So you, that person can then be a representation of a monolith of a group. The problem is groups aren't monoliths. The necessity of the antecedent oppression theory. To, def, uh, to defer to the opinions the views of the oppressed people, you must first know who the oppressed people are. The method of identifying, uh, the method of identitarian defense cannot provide any guidance to this question. On its face, ID would demand that if you look to oppressed people to tell you who oppressed people are. But to do this, you still have to first know who oppressed people are to know who to look at. Who to look to, excuse me. To escape this impossible, impossible circularity, one is forced to have an antecedent oppression theory. That is, you must have your own independent theory of who was oppressed in order to even practice ID. But there, but where do you get this antecedent theory? Antecedent theory. You have to somehow arrive to it on your own through reflection, through um, tricities on justice, morality and so on. Whenever you get it, you necessarily get it in some way that does not involve ID, such as the way, the only way to get ID off the ground is to have some other understanding of oppression that's totally separate from this. In other words, when people say, oh, this oppressed group needs to be listened to, they already know why this oppressed group needs to listen to. And for them to just say like, oh no, we need to make this black like, okay, for example, we need to listen to black people. You already know what's oppressing them. So why don't you listen to the oppression, not just saying, oh, because you're a black person, I need to listen to you. When you literally use somebody's identity to say, well, you should be the representative, it literally, one, it's redundant. Two, it gives the platform, it gives an opportunity to the platform of the worst people. Okay, and like I said, it was redundant. Um, then, um, that then raises the question, what ID adds to the picture? To practice ID, you must already have a detailed theory of what makes someone oppressed. But if you already have a detailed theory of what makes someone oppressed, then why do you need ID? For more, for fucking virtue signal. That's it. Choosing between oppressed voice. Once you are able to identify which peoples are, are the oppressed ones, you then have to figure out which oppressed voices to defer to. 
Individuals, in particular oppressed groups, are not a monolith. Let me read that again. Individuals in a particular oppressed group are not a monolith and therefore necessarily disagree with one another. Take affirmative uh, action, for instance. Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas is vehemently opposed to affirmative action while Al Sharpton is not. To which voice should one defer? The one that is for the support of that minority group. There are various ways to handle this. And by the way, this article, I, I know this seems weird, but this article was actually written in 2013. There are various ways to handle disagreement, but none are terribly satisfactory. You can require that ID only attach to the majority of you, but there are problems with such approach. First, it may not always be knowledgeable what the majority view is. In fact, if the issue has more than two perspectives, it is very possible that there is no majority view. In which case would you do? Go with the plurality of, plurality of views. Well, second, and it seems odd to think that the majority view will tell you what's correct. When the majority of views enjoys 90% of support, then maybe. But what if there's a 51 to 49% uh, thing? Take abortion, for instance. A recent Gallup poll found that among women, 44% identify as pro-life, while 50% identify as pro-choice. Are we, are we prepared to say that ID indicates you should be pro-choice? Is it that 6% difference among women perspectives enough to animate that move? What if 4% of the women change their minds? Would, it, would the dictates of ID flip? Demanding that allies of women be pro-life? Furthermore, it's a national number. I can't find regional data, but I'd be surprised if there were not at least some conservative-leaning states where pro-life women outnumber pro-choice women. Some residents of those states deferred to the majority of voices of women in those states and believe that as pro-lifers believe. So again, this is going to that whole idea of just because you want to say, hey, this person, and, and this, when people use, you know, their identitarian defense, they're really just saying, this person agrees with me and they're the elected monolith leader of that group. That's all this identity, like defensive politics are. The third major voices, um, the third, third, the majority of voices uh, vacillate over time. For instance, in 1994, Pew has been asking black Americans what they think is the most responsible for blacks not getting ahead, blacks themselves or discrimination. This is the breakdown over the time. As you can see in 1995, 60% of blacks thought discrimination was responsible for blacks not getting ahead, that number is now down to 40%. And the majority of blacks now think blacks themselves are most res mostly responsible for not getting ahead. In the meantime, this answer shot up and down with blacks some years citing discrimination as the biggest factors and other years citing blacks themselves as the biggest factor. And again, this does nothing about, this is feels. This is just feels. It says nothing about Facts. There's nothing about systematic poverty. It says nothing about the um, incarceral system. 
it literally is just based on feels. What should ID have demanded of those um, of, uh, demanded of us doing those swings? It is a reality. Uh, it is. Is it really the case that in late in the late 1990s we should have reformed our opinion and thought blacks themselves were most responsible for not getting ahead, and then switched our opinion again just a couple of years later, then switched our opinion yet again a few years later? Another way to settle this disagreement is to use facts and research. So, for instance, we can do studies and collect evidence about how much discrimination is harming blacks in the United States. And sounds fine. That this sounds fine to me, but it also makes ID unnecessary. You can just look straight to the research. Finally, you can solve disputes by just cherry picking voices you like, and this is what a lot of the woke skulls actually do. They just cherry pick the voices they like. They just pick who they want to listen to. It says all black people think this way, or all trans people think this way, or all gay people think this way. Finally, you can just solve uh, disputes by cherry-picking the voices you like. This, I suspect, is what most people actually do. For instance, you won't find any liberal deferring to a voice saying what the graph says above the majority of blacks beliefs. So what you can do is just figure out what you want to believe and then find someone with the appro in the appropriate oppressed group who believes as you do, then say that you're deferring to that voice in this matter. This works as a way of dissolving of resolving disputes by only gutting the whole point of ID. This is where you get the pick me. This is where you get the, all these, the traitors. It's, I'm using this person as a representation of the group that I, I want to, it's, they're basically my mouthpiece. Redol resolving disputes among oppressed people. The final problem that I was raised is how to handle disagreements among two different sets of oppressed people that are not reconcilable. The Israel-Palestine conflict provides a helpful example. The Jewish people and the Palestinian people are oppressed people, so both voices ought to be deferred to. There are some Jewish Israelis, how many I don't know, that have claimed that owning their um, claim that owning to their oppressed status, they should have total control over the disputed territories and have a Jewish controlled state on that land. On the flip side, there are Palestinians who say their oppressors can only be remedied by handling the same disputed lands to the Palestinians for their state. So what do we do? ID would presume to have us defer simultaneously to the voices of both people, but we literally cannot. We could we would literally force between pick pick between two voices. This is required that once again, we have some external notion of what's right and wrong. Otherwise, we'd have no idea who voices is right, right one to listen to. If we have some external notion of what's right and wrong, it is once again very clear that ID, is, what ID is bringing to the party, nothing. And this is the thing, and this is what I will say, just going on this, uh, just finishing this. This is why I say that a lot of people they they don't they don't form opinions of them of themselves of their themselves. They regurgitate the shit that they do, and like to a certain extent, we all do. 
but a lot of people just don't think. They just think, oh shit, I, this person said it, so it must be real. And this shit that's happening on the online left, where you get these people that's just like, well, you need to listen to this group. You need to listen to that group. I would rather you listen to who's right, not just because you are representative of that group. And we need to understand this. God, we need to understand this on the left. That just because you're part of a marginalized group don't mean you are always right. Just because you suffer, just because you're excised from the, le- the, the fucking conservatives doesn't make you a right group because the conservatives doesn't like your identity. And this is, we need to get over this as fucking leftists. Because in the end, it does nothing but hurt people. And then it causes people who may actually be in pain to actually, to, to actually be missing out. I know it's no secret. You guys know it's no secret that I think that young boys and men, they are suffering. The issue with the black pill and the red pill, it is a it was it is a response to the suffering of the loneliness that they have, and if you can't see that, and you only think because they're male you don't have to listen to them, that's bullshit. And it's just going back to well, you deserve to be protected because you're a part of a minority group. And instead of listening to people that may be hurt. Anyway, like, share, subscribe, and all that other good shit. Um, we're trying to hit a thousand subscribers by October the 1st. And yeah, thank you for watching this clip. Thank you for watching this video. And the next one should be popping up on your screen. Subscribe. And if you haven't checked it out and want to help out the channel, check out my Patreon. Thanks. Thanks.